DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Ben Anderson, Utah jazz writer for kslsports.com. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Ben, good morning. Good morning. So, Ben, I see your uh, story up here on kslsports.com about the 12 guys the Jazz might draft. And I'm wondering, before you started writing this, did you think, I'm going to write this, but they're going to trade the pick and this is a waste of time? Or did you think, I'm going to write this because everyone's talking they're going to trade the pick, but at the end I really believe they're going to keep it and I'm going to nail it down? Or did you think, I don't know what they're doing with the pick, but I like researching young guys and finding out more about them and who could be good in the NBA one day. What's your mindset when you start to write one of these? Yeah, I've been writing these bios specifically. I kind of ended up narrowing down and linking to the 12 kind of bigger bios within them. I've been doing that now really kind of since the Jazz got eliminated from the playoffs. But I only wrote 12, uh, which is, you know, kind of weird at 30 because there's probably, you know, 15 or 20 guys Jazz could realistically look at. I don't think they're going to draft a big guy, so I narrowed it down to 12. But last year I wrote, I think, 30 or so, 25-plus, and the one guy I didn't write about was Yudoka Azabuki, and that's who the Jazz drafted. So I'm very prepared for none of these guys to be on the Jazz coming up uh, by tonight, but I do think we have a little bit better idea of what direction the Jazz are going to head. I think right now the whole draft concept just works against the Jazz because I feel like the future is now with Rudy at 29, and Donovan signed for five years, but he's got an option for the fifth. So they've got a three- to four-year window here, between Donovan's contract and what will be, you know, Rudy's advancing age and slowly declining athleticism because father time is undefeated, it feels like for the next three to four years they have to go into off every offseason thinking, how do we set ourselves up to win a championship next season? Are you all in on the future is now? Yeah, I think they do certainly have to feel like this window is, is as open as it's ever going to be. And look, it could close really quickly if my colleague chooses to sign elsewhere. And they don't get an asset in return or they don't get Mike Conley back. I think that could certainly damage or at least maybe delay how long that window is going to be open. It will open back up even if Mike Conley's not on his team. But, yes, I do think you need to approach it with this concept that this is your opportunity. You've got to win. This is, it doesn't come all around very often. You have two players that are, you know, Rudy's definitely in his prime. Donovan Mitchell's getting into his prime in the next year or two, uh, but is already good enough to compete at the, the highest levels, I think. And then you've got a pretty good roster around them with Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles and Boyan Bogdanovich. So this is the best roster you've had in 20 years now. Uh, you need to make the most of it. You can't really waste opportunities to improve. And, you know, maybe it's more expensive now. Maybe it's a little bit harder to do now than, than you want to financially. But this is the right time to do it. Do you think they're going to attach the draft pick to Derek Favors and make a trade and get some salary relief to help with the Conley deal? I think that would is what kind of they would have done in years past. I, I think that's something that maybe the Millers would have wanted to do, maybe even something that Dennis Lindsay would have wanted to do. But we know there's different shots being called now, and and sometimes the, you know that's the obvious answer. But maybe the less obvious answer is to if you're really that worried about salary cap, is you know get an asset back for your salary, not just you know not not just salary cap space. So like we've heard talked about with Jonathan Gavoni from ESPN, who's kind of their draft expert, Woe just talked about it. Maybe getting another pick for a player who's better than Derek Favors, uh, but getting that asset back, understanding that some of these guys that are on the roster might be a little bit more 
valuable to another team, but they're willing to send draft picks back. And so, yeah, maybe you end up with two draft picks by the end of the night and you package those to move up and get only one draft pick. And yeah, it might cost you talent. It might cost you, you know, a player that's in the rotation, but it has an opportunity to A, allow you to bring Mike Conley back, which is your most important piece, and then B, have a little bit of flexibility with some young talent that the Jazz are lacking. So I think that most of the time when you're drafting late, you're not going to get anybody, but we have seen the Jazz draft late a couple times here recently, and they really believed in Gobert, and they got him, and they really believed in Mitchell, and they got him, and they were right. So of all the guys you've researched, is there anyone, not maybe at that level, but even remotely close to that level, that you could really believe in, make a trade with some real conviction and say, this young guy is going to help us, and this young guy is going to help us sooner than people think? Yeah, I think there's a couple of guys to keep an eye on. Now, there's, there's probably two players that you could trade for, or, or one of them you probably don't even have to trade for. I think he'll, he'll probably be on the board at 30. Uh, they could come in and play right away next year, and that's Herb Jones from Alabama. He was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. I think he was the SEC uh, Player of the Year. He doesn't score a lot, but he plays really good defense. He's 6'7". He has a 6'9 wingspan. He's super athletic. So he can defend probably one through four in the NBA and might even be able to defend some of the smaller fives that, that you have to go close out on. And, you know, teams will play Terrence Mann at the five as the Jazz learned the hard way. So he's the type of guy that could be that defensive player that the Jazz just simply don't have. He can just defend all over the floor. He's played four years at Alabama, which is a high level and has had good coaches. So he could step in and play right away. That's the type of guy who I think could help you. If they wanted to go to the Rudy Gobert route, there's a kid, uh, uh, J.T. Thor, who went to Auburn, who's 6'9", has a 7'2 wingspan, has a 9'2 standing reach. He's probably a few years away. He only played one year at Alabama. It's kind of weird. He's out of Alaska, which is not the most traditional place that the Jazz have had success with Carlos Boozer as far as uh, former Alaska products. But he's probably a few years away from being able to produce. But if you put him in the G League and, and let him do his thing, he could be really special in a couple of years. So those are a couple of big guys. And then I think Jared Butler, who went to Baylor. There's so much talk about Davion Mitchell because he looks like Donovan Mitchell and wears the same number and has the same name. But there's a chance that I actually think Jared Butler was the better guard in that backcourt and was the reason they won the, the national title. He won uh, the tournament player of the year or most outstanding player. He could step in and actually play, I think, right away and move into the Jazz guard rotation, especially – if they ended up moving somebody out of that guard rotation to move up in the draft to get another pick and get salary cap relief. So is there anybody in this draft that you think is um, completely overhyped, getting sold, but really is just a bust waiting to happen? Uh, I worry about, and, and, and everyone feels this way about this kid, so it's not like my unique hot take, but Sharif Cooper, if you don't know anything about him, he also went to Auburn with J.T. Thor, he only played 12 games. He had issues qualifying, not from a grade standpoint, but just eligibility. Uh, he, he, when you watch him with the ball in his hands, and, and go watch his highlight reel. I'm telling you, jump on YouTube right now if you're at work and you're trying to kill some hours. Look up Sharif Cooper. He's six feet tall. He's absolutely dazzling with the ball in his hand. He's the best passer in the draft. He dribbles like Kyrie Irving or Steph Curry or Trey Young. And he's just, his highlights are, make him look like he's a guaranteed superstar. And then you look at his numbers, and he shot 39% from the floor and 22% from the three-point line as a point guard. So it's, just, it's impossible to play that way. So he had, And he's horrendous defensively. So he's so fun with the ball in his hands that you could very easily sell yourself that this is going to be the next great point guard in the NBA. And also, 
he might be, you know, a poor man's version of Trey, of, 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 uh, Trey Burke for the Jazz when they drafted him as just so undersized, so bad defensively, such a bad shot selection, so bad with those percentages that he just doesn't have a chance to work out. And still, he's going to be on the board late in the first round, and the team's going to draft him. And honestly, you know, I root for these kids. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he finds a way to shoot and, and can stay on the floor because he's really fun to watch. But I, I just don't have any faith that he really is going to turn into to a first-round pick. I, I think he could be out of the, re- the league pretty quick. So there's a lot of speculation there'll be a lot of trades, but there are also people who are saying uh, people holding on to assets because Damian Lillard and Bradley Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal are going to be available after the Olympics. That could happen, and I'm waiting for that. What do you think? Yeah, I don't. I would be surprised if we saw a mega trade. And look, if I'm a team that's willing to give up three first round picks and three pick swaps. The guy I'm trading for is not Ben Simmons. And that's kind of the talk right now. You know, Philadelphia wants this ridiculous haul to give up Ben Simmons like nobody watched the playoffs. And if I'm going to be willing to give up this, this crazy deal to get, you know, a, a big guard or a guard that can change the, the game, I'm, yeah, I'm going to wait and see what's going on with, with David Willard. I'm going to wait and see what's going on with Bradley Beal before I decide to make that call. I'm certainly not going to do it prematurely. I don't think with Ben Simmons, unless you end up getting an absolute steal, and there's not really a huge reason for Philadelphia to feel like they have to give them up for nothing. So I think we'll probably find a couple of teams at an impasse there. So I, I don't suspect we'll see major trades there. And then there's not a lot of teams who have kind of two late firsts that have the ability to move up uh, and get one pick a little bit higher. Maybe a team like the Lakers will try and move up from 22 and include a future pick, but they don't have a lot of future picks. They traded so many of those to get Anthony Davis. You could see that, but I just I don't foresee a blockbuster tonight. It's just usually those things feel like they're in the works longer than this, and then there's more rumors about them at this point. We just haven't heard them. Are you a believer Cade Cunningham is going to be the number one pick? He should be the number one pick. When we redraft this draft in five years, he'll still be the number one pick, or you have your doubts. Yes, yes, and probably. So, yes, he's going to be the number one pick. Yes, I don't think anyone else has a better resume than he did coming out of Oklahoma State. And, you know, I mean, four years from now, who knows? But, uh, you know, Jalen Suggs is really good out of Gonzaga. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up just being a flat-out star. And then, uh, you know, the two kids who went the G League route could end up being really good as well. And Evan Mobley at USC, we saw what he was able to do in the Pac-12. So there's a ton of talent in this draft. This really does have potential to have, you know, five to seven all-stars. And that's a, that's a, that's a good haul when you consider what most drafts end up turning out. But, Ed Cunningham can play both backcourt positions. He likes basketball. You know, his jump from his freshman season in high school to being the number one overall pick was pretty enormous. He wasn't one of these kids that was super recruited his whole life. So he's getting better at a very fast rate. He has elite size. He really thinks the game. He's maybe the smartest player of the draft as far as passing and playmaking goes, even though his assist numbers don't reflect that. And then he's just an incredible scorer. He just really does have the ability to put the ball in the, in the hole, and that's not all he's looking to do. He wants to get his teammates involved first. But late in the game, he knows he has to take over, and those types of players tend to be special. And, and he never was a letdown while he was at Oklahoma State. So I, I think he's a star. I think he's the right pick at number one, and, and I think he's going to make Detroit better. Foreign players have really arrived. The NBA MVP... Nikola Jokic, the finals MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I didn't even say Luka Doncic, who is pretty awesome in his own right. 
Of the four guys who are projected to be uh, foreign players drafted in the first half of the first round, have you got any of them as uh, big-time stars? Any of them you're higher on? Uh, I think looking at the the kid with the Usman Garuba, I think he's 19. Uh, he, he just kind of fits the the mold of, of the modern defensive player, and he's super young, but but he's got an incredible body. Uh, you know, we're, that's one of the things I think we are starting to see catch up so much better. And then there's always been great bodies. I mean, Hakeem had a fantastic body. Uh, some of these guys who have come over have just been in incredible shape. Dikembe obviously was kind of the prototype for what centers looked like for a while, but he, he just kind of got this modern super freak NBA body. And that's one of the things that I think, you know, the globalization of the game has been really cool. It's, some guys make the league because their bodies are so unique and so custom built for basketball that they, they have to be on the floor. I think that's how Giannis got in the NBA. They're just, you know, at the time he was 6'9", but was so long, and now he's 7'1", because he's just grown so much. But when you can actually look at, you know, 4 billion out of the 6 billion people on Earth and, and, and find just elite physical tools, you're, you're going to find more talent. And, and I think Garuba has a chance to be that type of player. He just he has a body that you don't see come around very often. I think he's only 19. So he, he's got a chance to really grow. He's still probably not going to go in the lottery. He's probably going to go between 15 and 20. But, you know, that, that's probably the player I would keep an eye on. And then look, look at what Australia is doing in the Olympics. Obviously, the, the number of Australians per capita in the NBA is really high. So what's the kid's name? Giddy? Yes. Uh, I think he has a really good chance to, to come in and make a difference as well. I don't know if he's a star, but, you know, if you've got 20-year-old Joe Ingles and could have him in the NBA for the next decade, and I think that's the type of player he is, you're probably in really good shape. Josh Giddy is the name. Keep an eye on him. 6'8", so he's got some size if you want to keep going with the Joe Ingles comparisons. Yep. All right, you got anything you want to get on the record? Anything you want to say? Yep, I told you so. Now's the time to say it, grab that permanent marker, circle it, mark your ground. Yeah, I'll tell you, I like uh, the, the three guys I really like in the draft. Uh, Jared Butler, I told you about him already from Butler. JT Thor from Auburn. I think he's young. I think he's raw, but I think his body is also incredible uh, and could turn into something down the line. And then Joel Ayayi from uh, from uh, Gonzaga. So if you've been a BYU and you've, you've been a BYU fan, you've seen Ayayi for the last three years. And he developed a lot. French national team. Probably knows Rudy Gobert. He's on the under-18 team. Now he's 21. He's so weird. The way he plays is weird. It's off the ball. He doesn't dribble a whole lot. He can probably play the pick and roll, though. With more opportunity, he was just always with such good talent at Gonzaga. But Joel Eliyahi has some, some Malcolm Brogdon to him. And remember, Justin Zanuck drafted Malcolm Brogdon in Milwaukee. So that's a name I would keep an eye on at 30 as well. Oh, I like that. Yach does too. Yach's bouncing in the next room. You got him going. Good work. It's hard to do. He's watching the Olympics. He's only half paying attention. Well, I'm doing my best. You're the man. All right. Well, Ben, we appreciate a few minutes this morning. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll talk to you again down the road. Thanks, DJ. Ben Anderson, Utah Jazz writer for KSLSports.com. Join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Yach, what are you watching? Because I saw you're only half paying attention. I know you had your eyes on the Olympics. I'm there. posting our audio. Oh, look at you, nose to the grindstone. Doing my job. You're quick with the cover story, man. Cover your story. Mom was trying to, when your mom was trying to bust you when you were a kid, did you always have the comeback or did you just have to yeah, be guilty? I had to have a cover story. <laughs> come on now. You know that as well as anybody. Yeah, possibly. All right. DJ and PK, when we come back, everything you missed in this show, we will get you up to speed next. Stay with us.